That voice that you just heard was the voice of Stephen Supel, who on March 24th made a call into the Iowa City Dispatch to say he had just murdered his wife and his four young adopted children. Welcome to the channel, guys. Welcome to the podcast. We are doing something a little bit different today. Today, I'm bringing you a case of confusion. A case of disconnection. A case of betrayal. And a case of love gone wrong. On so many levels. I had the pleasure to speak with Officer Troy Kelsey who worked on this case and presented a case study on this case back in 2012. I want to thank Mr. Kelsey for providing me with the information that I'm going to share with you guys here this morning about this terrible tragedy that took place on March 24th, 2008. It all started on March 23rd, 2008, on Easter Sunday. Supple family attended an Easter Mass and continued with family celebration, the family celebration. The entire family was there that night, and nothing seemed usual. Typical Easter Sunday, typical family, smiling, loving, joyous, as they always were. And as people knew them, 7.41 p.m., a family few called and spoke, a family friend called and spoke with Stephen on the phone. A short time later, the friend's daughter delivered a prepared meal to Stephen. Nothing unusual about the meal. Beginning at 11.16, Stephen left voicemails for family members, friends, co-workers. At least seven messages were left, all on office work and answering machines. He spoke of his love for his wife, for his children, and he had apologized for his actions and said that his wife and kids were in heaven now. Now, I want to go on and say that he had already bludgeoned his wife to death with a baseball bat. The four children were still a lot, were still sleeping in their beds. But at some point during the night before killing the children, Stephen wrote a six-page suicide note in which he detailed the killings of his wife and his intent to kill the children. He tried to explain and rationalize 
his reasonings and his actions, he wrote that his wife and children were better off in heaven than having to remain and deal with the shame of his pending embezzlement charges. 3 a.m. Now, March 24th, Stephen wrote a seven and final page to his note. It began, it's now 3 a.m. Stephen described as he carried the, fourth, the four children to one of the family's vehicles, parked in the garage and started the car in an attempt to kill them and himself by carbon monoxide poisoning. But this death was not successful. He wrote how he carried the children back inside one by one and bludgeoned them each to death with a baseball bat. Before returning for the next, near the end of the note, he stated, it is now my turn. 3.53 a.m., Stephen used a cell phone to call and left a message on his answering machine. He apologized directly to his wife. He said that he tried to be the best husband, the best father. He stated that his wife and four children were in heaven and having a marvelous time. He gave his location in a local park and said that he intended to wade in the water in the river to kill himself. 4.01 a.m., Stephen again called his home and left a message on his answering machine. He explained that he had waded into the water but only to float and did not sink. He shared his next, in his next plan. I'm off to the interstate to go as fast as I can and have a car accident. 6.31 a.m., the emergency communication center received a 911 call from an unidentified caller later determined to be Stephen Supel, who you guys heard in the call earlier. Stephen gave the address, as you heard, of the home and asked that police go there immediately. While officers were responding to the Supel home where they discovered Stephen's wife and four children murdered, Numerous 911 calls were received reporting a fiery single vehicle accident on Interstate 80. Stephen had finally succeeded in taking his own life. Guys, there were many different things that came out of this story that will make people ask the question, why? Why did he do this? Why did he commit these murders? When you look at it and you understand and you even know that he went back and he left all of these messages for people to read and for people to analyze and for people to look at 
And as he mentioned that his wife and his children were in heaven and they were in a better place and they didn't have to deal, you know, with the uh, pending embezzlement charges that he was facing. And if left on planet Earth, you know, they would have to endure the shame and the embarrassment. So he felt that it was better off for them to be dead and not have to go through the public shame that he has left behind for them as the thought of him killing himself came into play. But he had already, he had already planned on killing his family months before. In November of that year, I want to share something with you guys. <clears throat> there had been signs that Stephen was not stable or rational. Um, Stephen said that he had known since the previous November that it would end that way. So he already had planned to do what he was doing. Or what he was going to do. Four months prior. To doing what he had done. Funny. He showed no signs. Of a killer. He showed no signs of a murderer. Excuse me. He only showed signs of a loving family man. As you see in the pictures and the photos. And the things I'm going to share. And sharing with you today. That's the only thing he shows signs of. If you was to do an evaluation on Stephen, you will find that Stephen has the making of a narcissist and narcissistic behavior. But to understand that. There were no signs. That's what people usually want to know. What happened here? What went wrong? This loving church who accepted this family and knew this family and this family loved their church and they went to church faithfully and no one never saw a sign. So what went wrong? That's the question that's left in the minds of so many. That's the question that's left in the mind of Troy Kelsey, who I thank again for providing me with this information. That's the mind that's left in the, in the, in the minds of the people in the church, I'm sure, the, the family members, the community. We always have to understand that What's seen on the surface is not always what's going on inside, guys. As Valentine's Day comes upon us tomorrow, there's someone somewhere who's feeling sad, who's feeling lonely, who's feeling upset, who's wanting to make a decision that will change their life and end their life. There's someone who has gotten in trouble and they feel as though 
I'm going to take myself out and my family is going to go with me so that they don't have to endure the embarrassment or the shame that I brought upon them. There's someone right now, somewhere, who's mad and upset that their fiance or their wife or their girlfriend has made a decision to go in another direction and go in that direction without them. So there's a plot and a plan to kill them and themselves. Why did I bring such a story to you guys here today? One day before Valentine's Day, Sunday, February 13th. Why did I bring this story? A story of sadness, a story of disconnect, a story of how love turns against us. A story how, of how the misunderstanding of society turns against us and turns us on our own family. So to the point we would hurt and murder them. Why did I bring you guys this story today? I brought you guys this story because I want to say that there's an understanding that you are pain in pain by someone. Reach out to that someone. Reach out to the closest person to you or someone you can trust in with your emotions. Reach out to them. If you don't have someone and you're plotting this, find a family member if you, if, that you trust, a pastor you may trust, a father you may trust. If you're in the Catholic church, your mother, your father, a teacher, a librarian, someone you may trust. This cowardice act is not the way to go about it, guys. And I'm not going to shame Mr. Supu this morning because that does him no good and it does me no good to shame that man. But his act was very cowardice. We try to find answers and, and these answers sometimes they make us furious and they make us frustrated and they make us angry and we want to say things. And I mean him no disrespect. I respect the dead. I want to put that out there. I mean him no disrespect. I'm not here to shame this man in any shape, form or fashion. Is not a part of who I am. I just said what many people are going to think when they listen to this. Doesn't make it any better that I said it. Go get help, guys. Find a suicide helpline. I'm going to look it up for you guys.
guys, the National Suicidal Prevention Lifeline, they're available 24 hours. It's 1-800-273-8255. If you or someone you know, if you had thoughts of suicide, if that someone has reached out to you with thoughts of suicide, or you've seen messages that they've left, or signs that they have given, reach out to this number. Have them reach out. And once again, guys, if you're at a point where you want to end it all, find someone, talk to someone, communicate your, your issues, communicate your sorrows, communicate your pain, your frustration, your anger. Suicide puts us in a dark place. It puts us in a room by ourselves where we shut out society and we shut out all thoughts of anyone who wants to stop these thoughts from taking place or stop this action from taking place. So if someone gives you signs that they're committing, that they're about to commit suicide or they're thinking about suicide, you want to get to that person immediately. You want to get in their location immediately. You want to get around them immediately. And you want to get them some help immediately. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the podcast this morning, for checking out this YouTube video. I also want to thank again Officer Troy Kelsey, who provided me with the information I gave you guys this morning. I want to send my condolences to Stephen Supu's family, to his wife's family. Things like this shouldn't happen, guys. They're not supposed to happen. People are not supposed to murder their families and murder themselves. It's not the design of life. Hopefully this story reaches someone and they think twice about committing this actions. I want you guys to share this podcast, to share this YouTube video in as many places as you can. To get this message out to someone who may need it. Or who may need to hear that love may become something that turned against you. But it shouldn't be something that ends you. I hope that makes sense. You guys have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your Valentine's Day tomorrow. And if you are without a loved one, you always have loved ones that you can reach out to. Someone somewhere can give you some words, some warm words, some great, good, and loving words tomorrow. Find that person.
reach out to them. If you have no one, go to a church, go to find a health group, call the suicide helpline, speak to someone there. I just need some loving words. I just need some encouragement. I just need some motivation today. Don't make it a manic Monday. See you guys in the next one. Peace out.